Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Mastermind.fm. This is weird for me to be back in the driver's seat. A couple weeks ago, I was kind of in the co-host seat to Danica, who kind of grilled me on Ninja Forms and the marketplace space that, that we find ourselves in as a product. But today, I am your host, James Laws, and with me, I will call my co-host, and we're going to just have a nice, good Mastermind conversation. With me today is Dustin Stout. You may be aware of him. He has, what, what are you up to? like 39,000 Twitter followers or something like that to my 1,800. <laughs> no idea. I uh, I don't pay attention anymore. It's, it's over 30,000. <laughs> so he's he's obviously done a good job. And I would assume a, a social media consultant, a social marketing consultant, or all of the hand kind of things that you play in, in the social space should have a lot of Twitter followers. Otherwise, you know, that's a little bit of social proof, I guess, right? I guess. I mean... There, there you go. I, I just buy them from India. <laughs> that's that's what I do. All, all of India follows me right that's now. That's awesome. They, I, they I, love I don't stuff. doubt it. Dustin, thank you for being on the show today. We're going to have a lot of good conversation talking about, you know, just kind of working in the in kind of social media with your business, running a product business. Uh, we're just going to kind of have a, a loose, casual conversation to kind of get everyone up to speed. For those of our Mastermind.fm listeners who may not be aware of, let's kind of go a little bit through your backstory, how you ended up here today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us give us a, like a framework. Oh my gosh, do we have that much time? I mean, how long <laughs> does this uh, The abridged go? framework. <laughs> <laughs> the abridged, give you the Cliff Notes version. There you go. Um, so I started my journey as an adult, I guess. We'll start there. <laughs> um, I moved out of small town Pennsylvania where I was born and raised and moved out to California to become an actor uh, like you do. Oh yeah, everyone. And, uh, well, like everyone does. Moved out to LA, went to a prestigious acting school, uh, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, spent two years there, graduated, had an agent pretty much right away. But what I found was that in Hollywood, celebrities act and actors wait tables. And I didn't really like waiting tables. So uh, I found a, uh, a job at a local church, my, my local church, as a, as a youth guy and a youth director. So in this process of being a youth director, and knowing that I needed uh, to target a specific audience, aka teenagers, I, I knew they were on social media. Facebook was sort of at its peak of coming into the world as a social media thing. And social media was just starting to take off. And I, I had a really high interest in, in that world because I don't, you probably don't know this about me, James, but I'm extremely extroverted. <laughs> no, like, I didn't uh, know that. Crazy extroverted. <laughs> So this, this idea of social media, I loved it and uh, kind of dove in and just it, it kind of made sense to me. So I just started doing it and uh, learned how to target my audience and, and find the, the, the people that I was looking for. And uh, before too long, I was introduced to a guy named John Saddington, also uh, Michael Hyatt. I sat in a room with Michael Hyatt in 2009. He was talking about Twitter and social media and blogging and how you can use it as a platform to grow your audience. And uh, at the time, he was just finishing writing his book, Platform. So those two influences really got me into blogging and um, started blogging, uh, really just as a place to write my, uh, <laughs> keep my sermon notes. Like, I, figured, I figured parents wanted to know what I was teaching their kids. And since they couldn't sit in there with their kids, I figured, oh, well, I'll publish them online somewhere and they can read my notes. But at the same time, I also thought, well, this might be a great outlet for me to sort of 
share what I'm learning in the world of social media because I'm finding it super fascinating. So I started writing about social media and a few people started to pay attention. And before long, people are asking me to design their websites because I taught myself to design my own. Uh, And they were also asking me to consult them on social media, figure out how to capture their audience. And fast forward a few years later, this uh, tiny little online publication called Social Media Examiner, the largest social media blog in the world, was uh, saying that I was one of the top 10 social media blogs in the world. Wow. And um, don't know how that happened. Uh, It's just, it's a thing that did happen. I was honored to this past year to be named one of the top 10 again. And uh, that that led to all kinds of opportunities, Um, agencies hiring me, starting my own agency for a while, uh, now kind of doing freelance consulting, and then starting my own business that's very closely related to social media, social warfare. And uh, yeah, still blogging today, have a few businesses that uh, we're (laughs) working on launching uh, either end of this year or early next year. And uh, it's been a crazy, weird, unpredictable, yet totally fun and exciting ride so far. That is, you know, we have a lot of, there's, there's quite a bit of affinity in our, in our paths as moving into, uh, into our various businesses as you may recall, you know, and most of our listeners who've heard me speak will probably know, uh, I came from kind of a ministry background as well. I pastored a church for seven years. So it's kind of interesting to hear that kind of backstory of, and I, you know, I got into the product space in the same way into my field of business, right? As a church, you know, churches need forms. Okay. No, maybe that doesn't make exactly mm-hmm. the same connection, but it actually did on some level, right? <laughs> because I was building things, building software for the church to make my job easier, to make the administration of the church yep. easier. And that does actually lend itself to, a, as we get going uh, further on into building just these cool things that you're like, hey, I wonder if anyone else would use this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it is kind of interesting watching that background, uh, you know, kind of coming from ministry. And I f- always feel dirty saying this, but. Uh, I yeah, but you actually kind of hinted at it in, in the way that you talked about your social media in kind of that youth pastor leadership kind of role. And that is a lot of people say, so you probably couldn't take anything from the church and bring it over to business. And I'm like, absolutely untrue. Yeah. Everything I had did in church, I brought over to business. Because yeah. while it feels dirty to say church is a business it and is. it has customers and there is marketing and you right. have a product and you have services and like that is all the same stuff. And so all of the knowledge that you do for running a church, trans- it's fully transferable to business and vice versa. So so it's interesting to hear you talk about that background. Uh, So the acting didn't work. And I'm guessing because you just didn't want you said no nude scenes. And they were like, yeah, Uh, this isn't going to work. (laughs) Funny story about that. Um, So when I was in school, I was uh, I I guess the best word I could use is overtly Christian. Um, I was I was not covert. You know, I I, I wasn't ashamed of my faith in Jesus. And, um, you know, I wasn't you know, this overzealous um, Bible beater, but, you know, I just, I made people aware through my actions, not necessarily in my words, um, sometimes in my words when I needed to, that I, I loved Jesus and he, he drove every decision I made. And so when it came to um, using coarse language or, you know, doing things that conflicted with my faith, I politely asked and requests, requested not to do yeah, those things sure. or to, to be placed in other roles. Um, despite that, my teachers like to push me in that direction. So I, I did have quite a few, um, 
instances where they were trying to get me into love scenes, no nudity, but uh, you know, that to, to, <laughs> to, to put a, a cat or a, you know, summary on that. My final production was a musical in which I played a butler whose sole purpose was to seduce the maid. <laughs> and uh, the, the show was called a little night music. It's a very popular musical, but um, the, <laughs> I'll never forget having to perform that role. My last role at the Academy with an entire row of church That's people <laughs> watching me serenade and seduce this, uh, oh, this maid um, into, <laughs> yeah, it was fun times, but yeah, so it, it wasn't so much. The acting wasn't um, working out, which I mean, I guess it wasn't, I wasn't, you know, getting, you were feeling fulfilled awards. certainly in that direction. Right. right. It, it wasn't paying the bills. Yeah. So I needed to pay the bills. And um, you know, at one point uh, I, I realized that, you know, God had given me a, a passion for business and uh, he'd given me the tools and the skills and the gifts for business. And so I got in that, got married, started having kids. And so I needed to really provide for the family and acting wasn't going to do that. So I've, I've always said that God put acting in my heart and he put it in, in me and in my gift set. And so it might be a, a set of gifts and tools that I put away in the tool chest for a while. But once the businesses are taking care of themselves... There's no reason I can't uh, jump on back into the the swing of yeah. things and and uh, you know go win that uh, Emmy award that I've been wanting. <laughs> well, you know that's another area of affinity we have because I actually also have an acting background. Oh, Unfortunately, nice. it was uh, church youth group drama team type acting, yeah. so it's not in the same category. But yes, <laughs> um, I I attribute it. I consider myself primarily an introvert. And by that, I mean, I can turn it on yeah. in a group of people and in a social setting, but I get drained really, really, really fast and I recharge by just being alone. And so I'm a little more introverted, but I, I actually attribute a lot of that kind of drama background, acting background is what gives me the ability to kind of turn on that extrovert and at least have some extroverted tendencies when I'm in a group of people. So I don't just kind of sit in the, on the, on the sidelines watching in, but I actually participate and, and can kind of get out of that shell. So, uh, so it is helpful. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, at this point, I just, I primarily use that acting and performing outlet storytelling as a, with all my speaking engagements. So I, I do speak as well on the side and that kind of gives me that, uh, that performance slash storyteller outlet that I kind of crave as an artist. So tell me about this a little bit. So you've been, you're writing all the social media stuff and, and at first you're doing it as your current vocation and working with youth. And, and as you're getting into it, you're like, yeah, this is a good medium and I can start writing about what I'm learning from social media and the people around me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you find yourself in the situation where you're considered one of the top 10 most influential people writing about social media marketing. Did that take you like completely by surprise when you saw that? Like, like they just, like somebody pulled your yeah. name out of a hat and said, you get the award. And you're like, right. I didn't even know you knew who I was. <laughs> yeah. They're sitting there going, man, I don't know what search. I don't know. Search weird guys <laughs> who wear red t-shirts. Um, oh, that guy. Yeah. We need to fill the 10 spot. That guy. Let's pick. No. So what the way that it works is um, social media examiner does this every year. And they do it by votes. And so they have an opening blog post that says, time to um, nominate your favorite social media blogs. And you have to have at least, I think, three people nominate you in order to even get on the consideration list. And so once on the consideration list, you know, they, they put a, you know, the top 20, they, they announced the top 20. 
based on votes and, and nominations. And then those top 20, they get a panel of three judges. And those judges go through all 20 uh, nominees and they, they critique them and they come up with the top 10 list. And so somehow, some way, uh, somebody threw my name into the hat um, three times, you know, three different people, uh, my three <laughs> readers. And uh, then, you know, the, it was reviewed by uh, the, the panelists and they thought I was pretty good, I guess. <laughs> but I was totally taken by surprise when I saw my name come up on that top 20 list. And I was like, how did who? Why? What is? <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Super excited. <laughs> that is a pretty awesome thing, though. It's pretty cool to to put kind of your blood, sweat and tears and hard work learning a niche, an area. A, and obviously, social media is a pretty large niche. Yeah, but right. still, <laughs> it's a it's a focused area of sure. marketing. And to put all of your attention and time and cultivating that and then to be recognized for the effort that you put into that is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. So uh, congratulations on that. You. And you said just recently, uh, again, you were in the in the top 10. Yeah, so. first time was in 2014. And then uh, I took a break for a couple of years. And in 2017, I was named uh, one of the top 10 again. Well, I, I, it's no surprise. I mean, every article you put out on social media is pretty much gold. And I generally pass it to our social media guy who is just <laughs> just starting to learn this stuff. And so I'm like, you should read yeah. this. You should read this. You should read this. And it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. It's a lot of information yeah. <laughs> to, to try to I, apply. <laughs> I like to be uh, super extensive in, in the things I write. You know, there's a lot of social media fluff out there. And that's sort of the problem with, with our industry is, I mean... A lot of industries, I guess. Any anywhere where there are "quote unquote" gurus, there tends to be a lot of fluff and a lot of surface level cookie cutter stuff. And I, I like to get past that because when I write, uh, and this is the same way I build products, and I'm sure you feel the same way. When you build a product or you write a blog post, I like to write it for a very specific person. Yeah, and, and I write as if I'm I'm writing it, speaking to them. Because it, it comes out a lot better that way, I think. And uh, you, you get a lot more specific if you know exactly what they need and where you want them to go. You know, you, you can't do it in, in 300 to 500 words. It, it's got to be, <laughs> you know, for me, it ends up being anywhere from 1,500 to 2,500 words. Um, yeah, I mean, your articles are pretty in-depth in and, and definitely content-rich. Yeah. I have a different take. And that is not, I wish I could write those articles, but I can't because 600 words in, I've gotten bored with myself even. I'm like, I don't, I don't even <laughs> give a crap about what I'm saying right now, much less what anyone else is going to read. So uh, I really struggle oh, with I that. Um, so. I, you know, who, somebody who I love their blog uh, and I love your blog. This, so this is not a comparison. These are two different uh, blogs, but I don't know how much you read Seth Godin, who obviously writes tons of stuff. Oh, now, well, so Seth, he, to yeah. me, what I love about him is he is the wizard of being able to make a profound statement in three sentences like his yeah. blog posts are yeah. generally like under 300 words like they're really short and usually much shorter than that right and i mean i know he's he's been cultivating that ability over years and years and years but that's the kind of blog posts i wish i could write like those really short yeah to the point like knock your socks off like oh my god that's the most profound thing i have read in you know in three months yeah and see, he says one of those guys, you know, he's a thought leader and everything he says is sort of, you know, cutting edge of his field. And the reason he can do that in such few words is because he knows so well mm -hmm. exactly what he's trying to say. He's a super effective communicator. 
But, uh, you know, a lot of stuff he writes about is very conceptual. Like, you know, this is the concept and maybe he'll give like an app practical application. Yeah. It's just amazing how he can do it so succinctly. Whereas I think a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to communicate involves like various steps <laughs> and <right>. walking <laughs> you through, <laughs> walking you through how to get to this point and, and how to turn this and twist that and do that thing with the other thing. And that, and that's a good point too, right? When, when Seth is writing, he's writing more of a philosophical idea right? and you may be presenting a philosophical idea, but then you're also walking through the how to practical, actually practical application. practice that. So it is a big difference. Yeah. In fact, speaking of practicing application, so you write these really kind of in-depth long posts. And I, I believe a little while ago, I mean, quite a while ago now, but you wrote a kind of an in-depth article of how you produce these articles, how you <laughs> how you think through the process of content creation. So I just wonder if you would maybe give us a kind of a quick overview for our listeners who are like sitting there going, you know, I'd love to become a, whether that you call that a thought leader or a guru or whatever in my field, in my area of expertise. What would be your recommendation for getting some sort of a system or process to get that content out? What would you say to me? Because I honestly suck at writing. I don't know that my site is like withering away post after post because I just like I barely feed that thing. What would be your recommendation to someone like me? Well, I think first and foremost, you need to be cognizant and fully aware of the problems that come up on a day-to-day basis or the questions that come up on a day-to-day basis. And so I don't know who, I mean, who is your, your personal blog for? Who are you writing it to? Right. Uh, well, right now, no one. Uh, no, I think no. <laughs> I think generally when I write, the person that I'm thinking of is the entrepreneur who is maybe perhaps in the early stages and is looking at all the competition in the in the space out there and is feeling like, who am I? Um, dealing with that kind of imposter syndrome that I don't have a voice. And maybe that's a part of the reason why I don't write. Sure. I'm like, eh, who gives a crap what I have to say on this particular topic? <laughs> yeah. So the first thing is to be cognizant of who you're writing to. And the second thing is in your day-to-day, you know, you'll get these little moments of clarity or these little moments of reflection of like, oh my gosh, like I hate when I encounter this or, uh, or you see a fellow entrepreneur experiencing something or they ask something. Yeah. Anytime something like that pops up, just be aware of it and immediately record it somewhere where you can come back to it and sort of tease out that idea. Uh, my process for that, like capturing ideas, uh, it's also in my blog post. You need a place to capture them. It's changed uh, a lot. Actually, I, I've been meaning to go back and update that blog post uh, about my process because it's changed dramatically. But um, at this point, I use an app called uh, Todoist. And um, it's my productivity app, my, my to-do list and project management. So I record the idea and just a, you know, a quick thought about it. And that's where I sort of gather this content. And then I have a scheduled time throughout my week where I go back and I review my ideas. I've been trying to stick to a content calendar, but as you know, (laughs) running a business, let alone multiple businesses, things can get hectic and content calendars can sort of fall. Um, But when I do go back and I review these ideas, I I start with the one that I feel the most passionately about because you'll have ideas where you're like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And then you have uh, an idea where you're like, oh my gosh, I need to write this right now Yeah. Um, because somebody out there is struggling with it or I'm struggling through it or this is a breakthrough for me. So what I'll typically do is I'll go in and I'll just start writing. I mean, just unedited, 
beginning to end, just write as much as I can to cover whatever the scope of that problem or revelation is. And I'll write everything I know needs to be taken. And again, I write as if I'm writing to someone. In most cases, I'm writing to my wife, who is, she, she will tell you, she's not a social media person, right? So I, I have to sort of take the practical communication approach to make sure that she gets it. And so, you know, I'll write it all out. And then I'll like take a breather. I won't like sit there and edit. The hardest thing for me to do oh, is yeah. not edit, edit while you go yeah. while I'm writing because because I'm a perfectionist. And so I and I say that to my detriment. I'm a perfectionist to a fault in many cases. So I'll walk away after I write it, come back later, you know, whether it's a day later or maybe just an hour later, and then I'll start editing. And uh, you know, at that point it's just a matter of like honing in the message and making sure that everything makes sense and making sure it all sort of falls in the right order. I also use a tool called Grammarly. If you haven't uh, tried it out yet, Grammarly saves me from a whole (laughs) lot of grammar and spelling mistakes that I would have made. And then once it's sort of quote unquote done-ish, after I've gone through that editorial, what I'll then do is I'll I'll do a little bit of keyword research. And uh, I use a tool called Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S.com. Um, an SEO tool. And, uh, you know, I'll do a little bit of keyword research, just see, you know, what are some other blog posts about this that are ranking really well? You know, what have some other people said about this topic that I may have missed? Uh, So I'll do a little research in that respect. And uh, I'll I'll gather that sort of take notes on it. And if I need to add anything, I'll add it into the post. And uh, this process up to this point has probably taken about four to six hours. Um, Because I spend a lot of time writing. I'm out. (laughs) A lot of time writing. Yeah. It's not for the faint at heart. And that's what the title of that blog post is. (laughs) This is not for the faint at heart. I will definitely share that in the show notes as well. So people can check that out. Yeah. And and you don't have to spend six hours writing like I do. I mean, your your thoughts may be more concise. You know, you might be a Seth Godin and that's fine. You know, get it out in a half hour. But that's how long it takes me to communicate my messages because it's 2,500 words. <laughs> um, you know, also there's the SEO benefit. You know, a lot of SEO experts will tell you 2,000 word articles rank higher. Sure. But, you know, th- so that's why I try to get to there. And then once everything is, once the entire message is done during my writing process, I will have put like little short codes for myself, like image happy face or image a screenshot throughout the, the the entire article where I envision an image will go. And then I get into the image creation process once it's all written. And then I, you know, create all those images for the post. I create the promotional images for the post, um, usually four to, to six images, depending on the, uh, the post. And once that's all in there, I use co-schedule to plan out all of my social media promotion. So 30 days worth of promotion takes me about five minutes to write. Phenomenal. I, I wrote an article on that as well. And then, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of scheduling the blog post and uh, waiting for it to publish. So let, let me <laughs> ask you something. So you're going through this process and you have actually a fairly in-depth process. So you talked about that's four to six hours just for that first part, but your overall process is what, closer to eight to 10 hours of, of, of yeah. effort from beginning to end to being like done. Yes. This thing is in the wild and it's going to do what it's going to do. Right. Do you ever find yourself, because this is my common writing problem, is where I'll write, and like I said, I'll get, you know, halfway into it, and I've somehow lost my way. Like, I'm just all the way, I like, you know, it's like the first opening paragraph is like, yeah, 
it's hot. It's exactly what I wanted. And then I get into that second paragraph and somewhere I took a wrong turn and I don't, I've lost my way completely. And I'm like, <laughs> this thing is just garbage now. I don't even want to deal with it. Like, I don't even want to take the effort that it would yeah. take to retrace my steps <laughs> and make anything of it. Do you ever find yourself in that situation? Yeah. And you know what helps? So I learned this technique from a couple different pastors who um, were, were telling me about writing sermons. And one of the tricks is to write the conclusion first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. So go all the way to the end and, and just write out whatever that conclusion is. And that way you sort of have in your mind, you can always reference, this is where I need to get. And, you know, for me, I usually write the opening right away. And then I'll go through and like write a few sentences about here's what the end goal is. And then I'll write through that. And so that, that might help. And, you know, halfway through, you're like, wait a second. Yeah. What am I even writing about? And why do people care? Well, maybe just skip it and go straight to the, the uh, conclusion. You know, have in your head that, that end goal that you want the reader to, to accomplish. And that'll help you sort of get back on track. No, that's good. And it's, it's obviously, uh, it, it's one of those things that's like right on the nose. It's so obvious, right? Start with the end in, in mind, start with mm-hmm. the goal in mind. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Right. And yet for whatever reason, I think many of us, I'm, I don't think I'm the only one. We just write from, we think we're going to write from beginning to end and we get, right. we, start, yeah. we lose our way and we just get, either we get bored with ourselves because, because we're not, you know, when you're in that third and fourth paragraph, you're not writing that third and fourth paragraph in support of the last paragraph. You're just, right. You're, you're writing just writing the paragraph before. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it just and and yet that's true, right? Like if you start strong and then the next paragraph gets a little weaker and because you're writing off of the last thing you wrote, it just feels like it gets weaker and weaker and weaker until you're like, yeah. oh, screw it. <laughs> yeah, it totally happens all the time. Uh, something definitely to work on. So so you're writing all this stuff. You have you're, you have this prolific content on social media and managing social media. And then you turn around and uh you start a product, you get kind of get in the product space. This is another area where I think you and I have some affinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it was intentional, but I'll, I'll ask it this way. When we went into the form space, uh, it was a very saturated market. Forms, every there was tons of forms plugins that were doing essentially what form plugins do. Right. Us kind of out of ignorance and then looking back went, oh, this was the smartest thing we could have done was to go into a saturated market. People are already paying money for these services. So why wouldn't they, if we could create a product that was competitive, why would they not choose us over somebody somebody else? Right. You went into a social plugin, which let's be honest, that's about as saturated of a market you could possibly go into. Like there are every kind of, I mean, from the, I'm just a social plugin that lets you add a Twitter button to my blog post or something to, I have all of like every 150 social networks that have ever existed in this one share bar. Like there is like this, there is no shortage of click to tweet plugins and share your socials, right. you know, all of these different things. And it's only gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only gotten worse. And so you went into a space that was extremely competitive, maybe not even competitive, maybe just saturated. That sometimes just, are yeah, different was, things. I would say it's saturated. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's so much competitive. Yeah. And so there, maybe there is a difference. What? So I know obviously what possessed you to go into a social plug-in, you are the social guru, right? That's that's what you have been developing over all this time. Sure, yeah. Was it scary to go into a market that was completely, like I said, just completely saturated? There's so many products on in the space. So uh, what was it scary? Heck no. Um, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why. Because I was so furious at the state of social sharing plugins that 
it was it was a matter of like i'm i'm literally angry yeah. that social plugins suck so bad and uh like you know this as a developer developers hated social plugins because they they kill your page load time they load too many scripts they're usually buggy as all heck and then me as a social media quote unquote expert uh and and well so let me start back as a designer all the social sharing plugins out there were oh hideous. yeah they're terrible they looked ugly they you know they interacted in an ugly way I, I just hated how they looked hated how they performed on my web pages and when you when you interact with them they don't do the things you really hope they would do as far as like optimization like i know when i tweet something i'm not just going to tweet the headline <laughs> and a link to something i'm going to craft a message that actually gets people to click right i'm going to post uh, i'm going to pin uh something to my pinterest boards that's going to be visually attractive, but I'm also going to write a description that hopefully will get picked up by Pinterest search and rank better. So there was no plugin out there that, uh, that number one looked good. Yeah. Number two loaded fast. And number three allowed me to, as the content creator and owner to craft the messages for the people who are going to share them so that I don't have to rely on them to do the optimized social media messages. So I, I got together with a, a friend of mine, Nick Cardot, who is our, our co-founder. He's a developer. I'm not a developer. I basically was redesigning my own website and I hated social sharing plugins. And I said, Nick, if I design these buttons, these sharing buttons, how hard would it be for you to just <laughs> code and make it work? And uh, he said to me, you know, something too effective, <laughs> eh, not too hard. Uh, so we literally started building and he had already been working on a social sharing script on his own because he was so dissatisfied with the uh, speed and performance side of sharing plugins. So we put our heads together and then our buddy Jason also had some ideas. I think it was his idea actually for the, uh, the Pinterest, uh, the custom Pinterest image um, that was so popular um, so far for our users. So he had some ideas I had my ideas. And once we started doing this, we had more ideas because it's like, oh, well, now we're doing this. What are the, what's the limit? You know, let's, let's really make the thing that we wish we had, um, that we wish was available to us. And let's just make it as good as we possibly can using our cumulative knowledge of performance and also social media best practices. So nine months later, uh, we had a working product and uh, some people wanted to buy it. So we let them. And <laughs> ever since then, we've been, uh, we've been selling away. Now I look at our WordPress repository and I'm astonished to see uh, the number 30,000 on there. It's been there for a few weeks. I'm getting a little antsy to see that 40,000. <laughs> but um, I understand. Uh, I but understand. yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's only been a, a few years. That is, that is awesome. Full disclosure, I am a customer of Social Warfare and we use it on all of our sites and we uh, completely love it. So, And we're always looking for that, that kind of product too that, right, that solves, solves the problems that we're feeling and you did a really good job. And there, it's not that mm – -hmm. I won't say that there aren't other social plugins out there that ha are starting to make the turn and are starting to do a better job at it. But mm -hmm. uh, back, like you said – Oh, yeah. Lots of people are copying us now that we have been so successful. There's literally a plugin out there. I won't name these individuals, but they literally copied and pasted 
our CSS and our backend functionality from GitHub. I think we actually pinged you on that because were you the ones? yes because because Zach uh, who kind of is kind of heading up our Ninja Forms product at the moment uh, he was doing something and he came across them I, I think on Facebook or something and he was like what in the world is this did 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 Dustin sell social warfare or something like oh, that oh you're talking about someone else who basically just, started a website yeah just ripped off your affiliate. entire design and everything no, no so this was a, this was even another one. <laughs> This is a this is an actual social sharing plugin, a very popular one that, that was actually around before we were. Okay. They they literally took our back end functionality where we let you customize your posts yeah. and your customize your Pinterest upload and your social media OG data. They they literally ripped it right out of our plugin and put it into theirs. Same exact CSS, they just changed out the image placeholders with their logo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, open source software. You just got to love it, right? Yeah, got to love it. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and and that's, I mean, that's a real possibility. We've joked about that with Ninja Forms. Like if anybody really wanted to, it's on GitHub. You could just right. rebrand it, change some things around. And right. um, although uh, I think the danger is, right, if in the form space, because it's not as saturated as the social media space, everyone would know what happened instantly. Right. <laughs> like yeah. they'd be like, oh, we know what happened, especially since, we, yeah. So it, it just, it would just be, it would be a nightmare for for any product who did that. But that is, that's pretty, that's ballsy. Pretty ballsy. And uh, I I did what I do best is I uh, I blasted them right back on social media. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other problem, right? You don't want to mess with somebody who's got 33,000 followers who's going to be like, okay, you want to play hardball? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, you do, you've done a great job and you have a great product and we love it and, and we use it heavily, all, you know, and we're... Uh, always doing more and love all the new things that you can kind of brainstorm in the social space. So we certainly appreciate the product. Now you talked a little bit about some new stuff and new products. What's uh, what's in the pipeline for Dustin Stout? Is this a part of is this a part of social uh, of warfare plugins? Is this something different? Uh, what, what are you working on? Or can you talk about that? Um, all of the above. Okay, so a little <laughs> bit of everything. So I, I have the the gift and curse of creativity, and um, you know one of the hardest things for me is I want to start like every idea Mm -hmm. that I come up with. Right. And um, so I've learned to sort of tame that a little bit and being so busy with uh, a couple different companies. Now I am forced to sort of pace myself, but I have started the process of creating a new, uh, well, I actually, let me start here. I launched a course. Okay. uh, My first online course it's in pre-enrollment right now. It's about visual content, creating visual content for social media and your blogs so that is being launched. I'm still uh, finishing that up and getting ready to do the full launch. And that's just my own personal project. Just being able to teach people how to create beautiful visuals is like a passion of mine. And I've got about 10 beta students going through right now. So that's one thing. Is that on your website? Visualcontentcourse.com is where okay. it's, it's hanging out. We'll go um, ahead and get that in the show notes too for people who are interested oh, in that. Cool. Thank you. Uh, and I can totally geek out about how I spent days and weeks painting over how I'm going to deliver a course, what LMS and what, you know, what membership plan. And I've ultimately found the absolute simplest no brainer solution. Um, but that's a whole nother topic <laughs> I can totally geek out over, but launching that early, later this month, hopefully, uh, like I said, it's in pre pre-enrollment. So we did a little pre-launch thing. 
uh, to my list, my email list, and uh, we'll be launching that. But from the Warfare plugin standpoint, we've got uh, a lot of uh, new fun things coming out. We've got add-ons uh, that we're developing. Much, I, You and I have had this conversation many times. I've wanted to be like uh, the Ninja Forms protege, <laughs> uh, so to speak, to fall in your footsteps sort of thing, uh, create an add-ons marketplace where people can uh, find additional features and functions. So we're working on a few there. I also have another two other WordPress plugins that are completely separate companies that uh, I'm, I'm working on building. One of them is called Simple Schema, which is uh, just a schema plugin. Some people know what schema markup is. Basically, it's the SEO language that Google loves best. And uh, it's, it's super helpful, especially for local businesses, brick and mortar companies. So we're building a plugin that takes the entirety of the schema library, which is, I mean, thousands upon thousands of um, code snippets and types and, and things. Uh, and we're simplifying it, making it easy for people. Now, there are a few schema plugins out there, but it's one of those things where they're doing it, but they're not doing it well. Yeah. And so we, we realized that uh, it was really my partner, Jason's brainchild, that he could make it super extensive and do it way better than everybody else. And so Simple Schema is another one we're launching here soon. And I have a passion project WordPress plugin that is all about lead magnets and content upgrades. And uh, that product will be called Content Magnets, probably won't be uh, released until mid next year. And then the last business, <laughs> if that's not enough, um, is one that is, is uh, pretty well into development. It's going to be a standalone web app. And it's a, another passion project of mine. And the, the ultimate goal is to help people to make social messages that are going to perform without having to have years of experience and knowledge in the world of social media. So if you could craft a message without being an expert, but have, have it sort of be the, uh, what's the best way to frame it? I'm still working on marketing language, obviously. <laughs> Um, but if you could have a social media expert sitting there with you, crafting that post with you, what would that look like? How could we get that sort of a functionality and make it super easy for people to do? That product is called Soups, S-O-O-P-Z, and it will be launching hopefully in the beginning of uh, wow. 2018. That's a lot. So. I have to ask this because this this is how many people are you working with on all this stuff? So Warfare plugins, we now have there are a total of see we have three staff, um, including the founder. So there's about six of us now. Okay, um, those that those three staff people are are doing a phenomenal job of working on our day to day, and that's I mean I'm so proud of the team and and what they can accomplish. We got a um, an amazing gal who's doing our social and uh there are very few people that i trust with our social media i would not want to and, work for uh, you in the social space <laughs> uh, <laughs> you trust me you would not but then we have uh, our support superhero andrea who handles the large majority of our support tickets for warfare plugins she's doing a fantastic job and oh my gosh like i should probably work for her she's so good but uh, she does a fantastic job. And uh, we have a team of developers who are helping us. Uh, Jason, our part, my partner, he owns a development company. So he has like a handful of developers on his team that handle a lot of the development work. Um, and so obviously, whenever I have a new development project, 
I go straight to him and say, Hey, Jason, I need your team again. <laughs> and so because of that, I'm able to start these projects relatively quickly. And, and being the Jason's mm-hmm. project was simple schema. He brought me in on it. Um, he was already developing that. Uh, and then I had this idea for content magnets. And so I brought him in on that. And uh, so we're, we're able to leverage sort of this, uh, this network, this, this team that we have across multiple products. And uh, it's, it's, allowing us to do this in a relatively quick amount of time. Obviously, I'd like it to be much faster, but um, uh, but everything in its in its stride, I guess. That's that's kind of a struggle for me and, you know, our team is up to 11 counting me and my partner and I I still struggle with, man, I want to move faster, like I want to I have things I want I I have yeah. a backlog of probably a dozen businesses or products that I want that I want us to take yeah. on, but to be honest, it's like Ninja Forms is so is so large that it takes a lot of like it's hard to move mm-hmm. that thing. And so now we're at the point of actually we're kind of a little insider talk as far as product space. Right. We're actually at this phase now where we're like, all right, how do we slow down? Like, how do we slow down on Ninja Forms and not try to like bust all this new stuff? How do we just take our time and stabilize little things and do little features so we can pull more of the developers off of that project and put them onto new projects and start building right. new things. So that's kind of the phase we're in trying to figure that out and what it looks like for us. Yeah. See, we're, we've just flipped that script a bit. So for a while, we were literally backing off, uh, pumping the brakes on marketing, pumping the brakes on you know, like user acquisition because we wanted to make this giant leap from being powered by WooCommerce to easy digital downloads because WooCommerce was holding us back in a number of ways, primarily the, uh, the add-ons model. Sure. I mean, there was just a, a number of roadblocks we kept hitting yeah. and we couldn't really grow the business until we made that huge leap to easy digital downloads. And now that we have, it's time to amp everything up. Ramp it back up again. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Let me ask you this. You have the distinct position to be phenomenally knowledgeable in the social media space um, and a product entrepreneur in this kind of WordPress Mm -hmm. space as well. And so I feel like a lot of our listeners are going, I wish I had that kind of marketing background or someone on my team with that marketing background. What would be some key advice that you would give to a a WordPress product entrepreneur in their social media endeavors, in their marketing endeavors, um, or or on the flip side of that, what are the biggest mistakes you see product companies in the WordPress space making as it pertains to their marketing or social media? Well, I mean, there's a number of challenges. Each business sort of has its own challenges, but I think the the most difficult thing for people to wrap their mind around when it comes to social media marketing is the fact that they don't have to be everywhere. Yeah. You don't have to be on all the social platforms. You don't have to be on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Ello. Uh, <laughs> uh, all, you don't need to be on all the things. Pick a channel or two and get really disciplined about being on it regularly. And that doesn't mean you know sharing your product updates every single day. It doesn't mean you know like just posting blog posts of yourself every single day. What you're trying to do on social media is get people to trust you enough to click on the stuff that you're linking them to. And uh, 
you know, Gary Vaynerchuk is probably one of the most famous people in our space. And uh, his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, conceptually makes it very simple. Uh, you know, he, he considers the jab, 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 sort of like you're giving away, giving away, giving away mm-hmm. value. And then the right hook is when you come in with the ask. So give value. Uh, it's funny. I just ended I, yesterday. I probably spent like four hours generating our own social media posts uh, for, for the agency that I, I spent some time with. And, you know, it's, it's all about like create value, create things that delight. Actually, I, I just created some content also for a coffee shop. So this is a, maybe a better example. So um, a friend of mine just started his own coffee business and they're selling, you know, high-end coffee grounds and um, uh, equipment for, for making coffee. And he's just getting started and he's going to do some work for me. I have to upgrade my iMac and he's like an IT genius. Um, so he's going to do some work for me. So I created some social content for him. And so literally all I did is I sat and I thought, as a coffee lover, what are the kind of things that I want to see in my social stream? Right. Like, what am I looking for? So it's it's things as stupid as like a motivational, funny coffee quote. Sure. I mean, you can you can spend five minutes searching funny coffee quotes <laughs> and you can come up with a dozen social media posts that will delight your audience, that will make them crave more from you. And they will give them value throughout the day. And you're not asking right. them to click a link or buy a thing. The more value you can give away, the more your audience will trust you and the more they'll pay attention to you and the more they'll interact and engage with you. So for WordPress plugin owners, uh, I mean, for our blog, and when we blog, it's not just a, a, a product update, right? right? We, we write articles about how to optimize your social media, how to improve your, your on-site um, usability, your uh, UI, UX, you know, how to work on things. We're giving away value to our target audience that, that relates to the things that they want to know about, but it's not necessarily selling them every single time we share a message. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's just creating a mix of consistent content that's value, value, value with the occasional ask. It's, it seems daunting, um, but my best tip for that is to do it, take one day a week, spend a couple hours on it, maybe an hour, put aside an hour, sort of like a workout, create some content for the week, and then you know, schedule it out using a tool like Buffer or Hootsuite. Yeah. No, that, that's great advice. I, I actually had struggled with, with team members too at times with, um, with this idea of trying to share everything. You know, for instance, you know, social warfare will let you say, oh, here are all the services that I connect with and I'd like to put these sharing buttons at the bottom of my blog post. And I generally put mm-hmm. like, I think at the time I had dwindled it down to Facebook and Twitter because that's really primarily where we are. But, uh, you know, yeah. I, I dabbled with Google Plus and, you know, unless you're a freaking unicorn, it's hard to make Google Plus work. I know you're one of the, the – well, of course you are. <laughs> of course you would be the person who does well in Google Plus. But most people, let's be honest, aren't doing super great in Google Plus. But that being said, right, right, I only had like these three things that I wanted. And they're like, oh, well, we need to add LinkedIn and this and this and this. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like are we going to be there and be a part of that conversation? Because I don't think so. So I always had this. Right. Kind of war. Let's find the places where we think we can do the most, uh, make the biggest dent, and have the biggest impact. And let's just kind of sit in that space. So I've had that on and off. Yeah. So two things on that. So there's two ways to look at it. Number one, what social networks should you be on? Mm-hmm. And again, like for me, I, I can say this with every company that I've built so far and my own personal brand. 
when I laser focused on one network at a time and grew that platform to where it got some really good traction. And I sort of felt like, you know, it was the, the ball was spinning, the momentum was going. Then I moved on to another social network. I always had the greatest success to where yeah. I otherwise tried to spread myself too thin across multiple networks. So that, that is a guaranteed fact. You spend more time, energy, and focus in one place, you're going to get bigger results. Yeah. Secondly, what I would say to your, to your guys who push back on all the buttons, we actually have an article that talks about the, uh, the psychology of social or, um, gosh, what is it? Um, it's, it's a concept. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, are you talking about the, 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 the paradox, paradox of, of choice? choice? Correct. Yes. I know what you're talking yeah, about. So yeah. the, the idea there, and it's been proven time and time again, when you give people more choices, they take less action. Yeah. And uh, we've proven this. We have uh, a study in there from Neil Patel, who's big time traffic guru. He had three buttons on his website and uh, he, he increased it to five share buttons from three, just adding two more buttons. And the number of shares he got doing that was 35% less. So when people had more options, they shared 35% less and it dropped his traffic. We have another user who was using social warfare to test this. They moved from, I think, uh, two buttons, Facebook and Twitter, um, to, or, or sorry, I think they started with more buttons. They had five buttons, all the major social networks, and then they reduced it to two. They had a 35% increase in, in traffic, very similar to Neil which led to a 10% increase, uh, or sorry, 35% increase in shares, 10% increase in traffic. Now, this is a site that gets 60 million visitors a month. And so a 10% increase, that's an extra 600,000 visitors. Right. That's insane. That's, I mean, that's insane. That's completely insane. So they've stuck with Facebook and Twitter for now. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's solid. Yeah, I I think that is it has always been kind of this uh, the struggle, and I, I like some of your approach, right? To to focus on one thing and get that down, understand how that network works and how that works for you, and then taking that to the next step and say, all right, what's the next network and how, and which ones do we want to focus on? So that brings me to kind of another question: that how does a product company decide or figure out which is the best networks for them to explore? Because a lot of times our our customers are in a bunch of different places. Places, but that doesn't mean all networks are created yeah. equal in where you market. Yeah, and this is probably one of the most popular questions I get. That it's the most natural follow-up question when I say <laughs> only focus on a well, couple. Which one? Why don't you just well, tell well, me which one should I focus on? Right? <laughs> yeah. So the, there's a number of ways you can check on this. And um, the for me, the easiest way, if you have a website that has a decent amount of traffic, sure. number one, check your Google Analytics. Where is your traffic coming from? Which social network has the most visitors? coming to your, your website, because obviously your content is resonating on there with someone. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's the best data you have. Go with that use your top two or three. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to focus on a network top two, if you're going to use sharing buttons, top three, but there's also a lot of tools out there called social listening tools. One of them, the the one that I use is called mention mention.com. And uh, it'll allow you to do keyword searches and it'll monitor certain keyword terms for you so that anytime that keyword term is mentioned on social, you'll get a notification. You'll see where that's mentioned. So one of the things you can do is use these tools to find some keywords and see which networks getting the most traction for that keyword or that phrase or that brand. Yeah. Find where the most buzz is happening around your 
target keywords or your brand and uh, and focus there like that's uh, to me that's the easiest thing if you you go do a search and you find that uh you know you had a hundred mentions on uh Google Plus in the last 30 days and only 10 mentions on Facebook in the last 30 days. Well, guess what? No brainer. Google Plus might be your golden goose. Yeah. Um, you know, not likely. <laughs> yeah. It's rare if it's anybody's golden goose other than yours. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. But, you know, it just goes wherever the people are talking about you, your product, or your target keywords, that's where you should spend your effort. That's, that's awesome. You know, there are a million questions that I could just sit here and pick your brain all day on social media, <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners would would love it. But that's also why you have a consultancy that you do. So I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna bog you down with too many more of those questions. But I will say, I think we I think it would be a fun exercise. Maybe if you if you're game sometime, we need to schedule another episode and like. And maybe like do an audit of of, of a company website, uh, whether that be ours or our Jean's or someone else's, and just like do a so kind of a social media audit. Say what are what are ways we could just some simple practical ways that on this site I could you would consult and say, hey, this is the way I would maybe make some changes here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it would be a fun exercise, and I think there would be a lot of uh, good information that would come from that if if your game. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, I will. I will get with you uh, offline, and we will. Uh, we'll make that happen. We'll. We'll schedule something for that. But thank you so much for being on the show. This was a lot of fun, just kind of uh, talking around some of these topics. It was really cool to to have you on today. Yeah, man, definitely. I'm always glad to uh, to jump in and chat with you, man. You've been of uh, such great help for you know just my own growth and me being able to pick your brain about developing a WordPress product. That uh, anyway, I can pay you back for that, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump on it. Well, I, I, I really appreciate that. How can uh, people get a hold of you after the show if they want to kind of figure out what it is that you're writing on lately and, and where are the best places to contact you? Easiest way is just to go to my blog, Dustin.tv, D-U-S-T-N.tv. No I in Dustin because the guy who owns Dustin.tv, uh, he's a jerk. He won't he's just sell squatting, it. sitting on that um, thing. He just... He's squatting and redirecting it to his uh, his blog that hasn't been updated in 15 years. <laughs> um, so D-U-S-T-N dot TV. Uh, you'll have links to all my social there. So pick your favorite social network. I'm there. Or just use the contact form proudly provided by Ninja Forms. <laughs> That's a good plug. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely check out Dustin. Uh, check out his website. Follow him on Twitter. Like I said, he doesn't have over 30,000 followers for no reason. He's posting great content on some a lot of the topics that we've talked about today and in much, much more in-depth application that you go. As you heard him say, his articles are many times 1,500, 2,000 or more uh, words as he's kind of fleshing out these complicated, or at least what is complicated to us in, in social media and kind of getting and kind of... I. It's not even it's not gaming the system. It's just working in the system that's provided. And if you can learn these techniques, you can certainly take whatever whatever ideas you have, whatever products you're trying to sell, whatever services you're trying to to provide. Uh, you can certainly increase your voice if you know how to use social media properly. And so there's just a wealth of information. And and as you heard, he's one of the top ten 
uh, influencers on social media. So he definitely picked, picked right out of the hat. That's, that's right. Picked out of the hat. Um, totally check him out. I, we're going to have a, a ton of links in the show notes of some of the articles that we've kind of touched on where he de- digs in uh, deeper and some of his other products and stuff that he's been talking about as, as they become available. So definitely check it out. Dustin, thank you so much for being on the show. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to mastermind.fm. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mastermind.fm. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your feedback encourages us to keep producing the kind of content that you have come to rely on for your own entrepreneurial journey. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the show, send it to us through our website or via email at podcast at mastermind.fm or even connect with us on Twitter at mastermind.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a fantastic week.